It's amazing how the human mind works. If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. You've you got to be careful what you put in your mind because you'll soon be there. Welcome to Eternal Leadership. I'm Steve Ryder. And that voice you just heard was entrepreneur and founder of Lared Business Network International, Jerry Anderson. John Ramstead, my co-host, had Jerry on the phone recently, and they talked about bouncing back from numerous business failures, um, how Jerry founded Lared, and how Lared's authentic roundtable format is not only changing businesses and lives in those businesses, but even how it's changing entire countries like Guatemala and Colombia. Crazy stuff. He gets into it. Just listen. Here's John with Jerry Anderson on today's Eternal Leadership. Well, welcome to Eternal Leadership. Today, I'm really excited to have on Jerry Anderson. I met Jerry at the Pinnacle Forum National Conference. Uh, Jerry is an entrepreneur who... He's developed uh, 20 businesses. He has over, he has thousands of employees around the world. Uh, he's active uh, as a director in five different organizations. But one of the things that struck me about Jerry is, is he had just taken a passion in his life to just transform not only individual lives, but businesses, but entire cultures. And he just, he did that through this incredible message of values-based leadership. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Jerry, welcome to the show. Good morning, John. It's good to be here. And it's, uh, I'm not only happy to be on a, a program this morning, but happy to be on a program with you, uh, where you've been in your life and what God is doing. I think this is, uh, a mutual, we can, we can celebrate mutually, uh, the two of us of what God has done. So well, well, I agree with that. You know, it's interesting. A big theme on this show with the guests that have come on, Jerry, is really how do you live a life of significance and a life of meaning? And it's when I heard you speak just over a year ago and the impact that you've made through what you've done in your life that, for me, was just an absolute true inspiration. And I'd love for you to share a little bit of uh, your story uh, so our audience can get to know you the way that I have. Sure. Well, uh, John, I was... Uh I worked in a factory for years, uh, years meaning the first oh, half a dozen years. And I, I knew I wanted more, but I had a belief. I had something in my mind. I think it was from growing up. If you don't do your homework and you have bad grades, you're only going to be able to ever work in a factory. And I think that was implanted so deep in my mind. I had no, I couldn't see outside the factory wall. And I, I wanted more. I tried more and I started a business and, and uh, business went out of business. And then I, I um, went back to the factory, and now the, I tried the second business, and uh, it went out of business. This one, that one took everything. Took uh, We had a small home that we paid $10,000 for. The bank came and took that home, and I took our furniture, our car. It didn't take it. They just got what I couldn't pay back, so they picked it all up. They picked up cars and furniture and houses, and, and we're left out, and and it was my wife and uh, our two babies at the time. We were married just a couple of years. And, and about the same time, her father owned a small grocery store. Her father was um, robbed at, on a day, and, and um, two guys robbed him and then shot him and killed him. So six weeks later, my father died in his sleep. So there was then about a three-month period, uh, everything was taken from us that we knew. 
Um, you know, when you get to a point like that, was, Jerry, how do you how do you move forward? That that that's a tough spot. Well, I, I did not know the Lord, and this was in 1972. And Jerry ends up living in Florida with her mother, and uh, now our, my babies are in Florida, and and I'm living in Ohio with my mother, and um, and it, it, survival is is probably the mode that I'm in at that time. Um, and my mother say, "Why don't you go to church with me?" And I I don't know. I was disgusted with God. I didn't know God, but I was just disgusted with him. And surely nobody could put anybody would want to put anybody through this kind of stuff, and especially watching my my wife go through with her father. But uh, I went to church that night and came home still arrogant and in disbelief. And and then um, the bank had taken my last car that night. And so now it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and and uh, my mother <laughs> said to me in her home, her little mobile home there, she said, well, you, you, you're not doing such a good job here running your life. Your wife and two kids are in Florida living with her mom and you're here with me and you don't have any, and she just lit, made a list. And mm-hmm. I believe it was God speaking through her and, and, and she said, you know what, if, why don't you just let, why don't you let the Lord just run your life? You can ask for forgiveness right here and, and, um, you can have, I mean, you know, can't be any worse than what you're doing. And I knelt right there. This is January 3rd, 1973. And uh, the next morning, I remember calling my wife saying, how do you, it, it's a new me. Uh-huh. No, it's a, it's a new me. I would already recovered. I would, and one thing about one of the gifts God has given me is that I see things the way they, they are. I mean, it's already, when, I, when it comes to my mind, it's already done. So when I made that decision as a Christian, I am one. And uh, I'm ready to go. And so anyway, long story short, my brother and my mother helped me get to California. My brother's out there, and I get a ticket for my wife, and she meets me there, and we start a new life. And um, I'm working at the bottom, you know. I'm I'm a welder's helper, and uh, but I'm in a I'm in a in a um, an assistant with them in a government housing, you know. It's where it's kind of like the projects. I'm living there, and I've got we've made our own furniture, boxes and wood and plate, you know. Just but we were happy because we were together and I knew the Lord and, and God really started working in my life. And uh, over the next three years, God established foundations in me and uh, went to church. Every time the door was open, I was there. And soon later, my wife got, uh, became a Christian and we started serving the Lord together. And then I, I but still in my mind, John, I, I, I wanted to have business. I just knew that that's, that's where I was supposed to be. And, and um, is that one of the foundations that were established? Well, the foundation at that time that I was speaking about is just knowing Jesus, knowing what he did for me, and uh, about living. You know, I was, I was reading the, the New Testament. I was reading John. I was reading Luke. I was reading Matthew. And I was just, I had a guy that was spending time with me. He was been, he'd been a Lord about 20 years, and we'd meet once a week, and he'd take me through the Bible. And that's, just, that's what was being established in my life. It was that spiritual side, just getting to know Jesus. And, and what he did for us and his purpose in my life and, and my purpose on earth. And it was all those beginning stages. And, um, well, um, I talked Jerry into allowing me to try some things again. And so we ended up moving from California to New Jersey and uh, did really well, but it was working for another company, but I did well with, it. I was, I was a college recruiter for a company and, uh, 
did extremely well. God just really blessed that. And that company asked me if I would go to Dallas, Texas and do it there. So we moved to Dallas, Texas about eight months later and, and God just opened up doors and, and extreme things happened. And, and then they asked me, would you go to Philadelphia? Uh, and this was about eight months later, and, and I, I'd already been to Philadelphia, but we didn't like Philadelphia. I, I want to go in business. I want to go in business for myself. I'm, I'm doing this for them. I want to do it for me. And, and so I talked to Jerry. My wife is named Jerry also. So I talked to Jerry into saying, one more time, let me have business one more time. And uh, so we moved to Stockton, California, and we started the publishing company. I didn't know, John, I didn't know anything about publishing. I mean, I barely got through English classes, and now I'm, <laughs> I, I, I own a... A publishing company. And I was like, really? But, but God was there. And, and for the first three years, I mean, I, we worked hard. We, like most entrepreneurs, when you're starting a business, you're there early morning, late night. It was six days a week. The seventh day, I was in the front row at the Baptist church. I, I, I mean, I, I wanted to be at the front row because I thought if God's going to give out the blessings, I want to be the first one to get it. I mean, I, I mean that's the way I thought. I mean, it was like I, I wanted what God had. And I, we, 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 we really just searched for God in this business. I, I didn't want to seem like a good businessman. I wanted to be one. And, um, but I just still wasn't happening. I mean, it was, uh, now I'm, I'm three years now and it's failing. And so I, um, so you're three years in, in cool. the publishing company's failing, Jerry. Yeah. Three years in the publishing and it's failing. And so I, I went back to a trip to Ohio and I, and the guy that was helping me in publishing, the guy's name was John Schrock and Bernie Torrance. It was Ernie Blood, and there was like seven of these partners that owned this publishing company in Ohio. And they were amazing. I mean, God was just blessing them, and their business was growing all over from Chicago to Miami and to anything in between. And when I sat around, I, they invited me to their, to their weekly Monday morning meeting at eight o'clock. And I thought, Oh wow, this is where I'm going to get the answers. This, this is where I'm going to see them plan their week and make their plan and, and talk about what they did last week and, and get ready for next week. I thought this was, this would be wonderful. So you showed so up early, you had your notepad out, you're ready to go. I'm, 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 I'm devastated. I'm devastated, John. And so, yes, I'm ready to go. And, and I sat there and, and John Schrock, who, who, who later became my mentor, John started pouring into these guys. He said, you know, I want to talk this morning about honesty. And he, and he pulled up a couple of verses out of Proverbs and he talked about honesty and he gave some life examples. And, and then the guy went around the room and talked about honesty and some examples and another guy and another, he just kept on going around the room. And, and it was, it was nothing like it, it, it was, it was really, developing their character. Mm. And John was smart enough. I mean, he was one of the most amazing guys. He died three years ago, but John was eighth grade educated Amish, but he was probably the wisest man that I ever knew. And he was just so full of God's wisdom. And, and I said, well, now when are you guys going to do your business? They said, well, we just did. And, and John explained to me, it's, a, it's about you. It's, a, it's about developing you. When you develop you, then you can go out and, and you got God's blessing. See, because now we, we, we understand that we, we need to be blessable before God. God wants to bless people. You just got to be blessable. And the way you're blessable is, and he told me about Deuteronomy 28, when Moses was talking to the second generation, and he said, 
Moses was saying to the second generation, God says we just do these things. He'll bless us in the city, he'll bless us in the country, he'll bless everything our hands touch. He'll, he'll make us the head, not the tail. He'll make us the lender, not the borrower. I thought, wow, yeah, that's what I want. I got to thinking about our country. That's what our forefathers, they had to be. They, they, they became blessable. They, they set up a nation. You know, one guy, the king, I mean, uh, they wanted him to be king, George Washington, and, and he said, no, no, I don't want to be king. I, we left that. We, 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 want, we want to have freedom. We want to be guys. So anyway, it's, oh my goodness. I come out of there and I called my wife. I said, honey, I got it. I got the answer. And she said, what is the answer? I said, we need to find six partners because they had seven partners. And she said, seven par- six partners. What are we going to do with six partners? We're barely making it ourselves. I said, oh, no, no, that's it. They, they get together once a week and they talk about these values. And oh, it, it's, it's incredible. And she said, oh, Jerry, she said, why don't you just find six other business guys like you that are struggling? And you get together with them once a week. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'll do. So I came back to California, and, and I searched for five or six guys through prayer, other business guys that were struggling just like I was. And we started meeting every Friday morning at 6 o'clock at my office, and we would just talk about the book of Proverbs. And we would go through it, and, and all of a sudden, I started to see things differently, feel things differently. My, I, my wife and I's relationship, I saw her different. I saw my children different, my employees. Where it really hit home in this business is how I saw the people that I do business with. I owned an advertising business, and so car dealers was was one of my clientele, and it was huge. I mean, they, they were probably one-third of my income. Uh, real estate was probably another one-third. And then the classified ads. Well, these big businesses, I, I, what, I, what I saw in them, John, before was I hope they buy. I was reading books like How to Close and, and uh, How to Get Them to Say Yes and all these crazy things. I, it, wasn't, I, it wasn't at all. I wasn't trying to help them in, in their business at all. I was trying for them to help me in business. I was, I was hoping they would buy so I could pay the truck payment or pay the employees or pay the, the office. It, not until when I started reading this, it was like, oh, wait a minute. I need to help them in business. So I had a totally different picture. So I went back, when I went back into their offices, it was like, okay, how am I going to help them be successful? And the way they're taking their calls, oh, I can train their, their, their salespeople to how to take calls better. Oh, they don't need to be advertised in this car. That's never going to sell. I knew the advertising business. That, that car is not going to sell. This car is going to sell. I can make the phone ring with this. Give me this one. And, and this is the best price for this. If you can put it into that price, I make your phone ring. And so it was that kind of thing. And I started doing seminars amongst their salespeople. So that's not what newspapers do, but that's what I did. And that thing that started working. It was like I cared about their business more than they did. So, Jerry, as you, as you read Proverbs and went through this, you said your relationship with your wife changed and people around you, and, and you started having this heart of really serving others. What else did you notice or what else shifted as you went through this uh, study with these gentlemen? Well, what I noticed, John, is that um, life started working. And, and I, matter of fact, over time, I started thinking about it all the time. Uh, do things that makes life work. And so Proverbs is one of those books that makes life work. And, and, and you know what's 
what I've learned over the last 40, nearly 40 years now, is John is that you can know Proverbs so well, and you can not get involved in Proverbs for a while. You think you got it, and then pretty soon you find yourself down maybe doing things that you really shouldn't be doing or thinking things you shouldn't think. It's amazing how the human mind works. If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. You, you've got to be careful what you put in your mind because you'll soon be there. Our minds are so incredibly strong. Is there, if, you, if you put something in your mind, you're, if you put bad stuff in your mind, you're pretty, going, pretty soon you're going to be doing bad stuff. So you got to be careful of what you what you put in your mind. The Bible says that God wants to give us our heart's desires. Well, where's those heart's desires start at? Well, they start in your mind. And pretty soon, if you get it in your mind, it's in your heart, and it's already done, good or bad. So you change your heart by changing your mind. Now, I know that you took these values and you and you kind of formalized this process, and you were trying to bring this into other other companies here in the U.S. I would love for you to share how this went international sure. and the story that you shared with me about Guatemala, because that was very impactful. Sure. In, uh, ni- in 1987, a company from France came in and, and bought our company. It, it went, by the way, John, it went from, we were struggling business at three years to just within six months, God gave us a nearly a 40% profit margin. Unbelievable. Wow. I haven't seen 40% ever before. And it was, it was a gift from God. God. I believe God was showing me that, Hey, you got to hold something. You got to hold up some truth here. Anyway, a few years went by, and and uh, we had a company from France come in and buy it. And so Jerry and I thought, okay, where do we want to live? And we said, let's move to Ohio, where John Schrock is. He, he's he's been helping me. He's mentoring me. I mean, when I was going through some stuff at the time, you know, John would come alongside like a father and you know, just spiritually spiritual dad. Just so we moved to Ohio, not knowing and understanding what's the next step. And for the next few years, I, I spent a lot of time with John. I mean, he mentored me and, and um, worked a little bit, consulted somewhat. Um, in a few months after moving to Ohio, John and Bernie and the guys sold their business. And it wasn't for sale. I mean, it was just somebody offered them a huge check for it, and they took it. And so now the three of us, Bernie, Torrance, John Schrock, and myself, were looking at each other, and I was like, what's the next step? something has, God's doing something for all this to come together in one. And so we, what we did is we, we started a round table, just like what I was doing in, in uh, California. And then we thought, you know what? We should do this with other business guys. We should have a marketplace ministry that we could help business guys here in the United States with these values, not only train themselves, but it would help their employees. And okay. This is 1988, 89, and we formed an, an organization called the International Network for Christians in Business. And we started to take it around the U.S., but the timing wasn't right. Business in 89 was still working with guys here in the States, but God took us to other nations. We ended up just unbelievable stories where God took us. We ended up in Guatemala. And then soon we ended up in Colombia and then Mexico and uh, El Salvador. And it, I mean, it just continued to grow throughout uh, Latin America, and Colombia especially, John, uh, was, a, was a nation that God just got a hold of my heart. It was a nation that, you know, many times when we'd go, they'd, they, would, they would give us guards, 
you know, we said, I have to have guards to go from one city to another city. I mean, the corruption there was, at that time, early 90s, was incredible. And, and we, were, we were asked to come speak to a business group and some political leaders, about 50, in Bucaramanga, Colombia. And when we got there, John, about 350 showed up. Well, we had a room to hold 50, so we had to take it outside on the city park. And that day was a, a day changer for us. Because as we're speaking, and one of our trainers who's still with us today uh, from uh, Cali, Colombia, is a pastor and a businessman. He was speaking up on a picnic table, and he was talking about the kingdom. And he was talking about, he asked them, how many of you know about kingdoms? And, you know, hands sparingly go up. And he said, well, how many know about Disneyland? Everybody's hammering up. How many left you go to Disneyland? Everybody's hammering up. <laughs> Everybody knows he Disney. Said, Isn't it interesting? Yeah, the whole world. You say, isn't it interesting that one man created an environment that the whole world wants to go to? And you know what? That's what Jesus has planned for each of our lives. That we're to create the right environment that makes life work. And that's our job. Our duties is to create the right environment to make life work. And, and, and that's a kingdom. And you know, inside the kingdom, there's always a king. And there's a king that can help you do that. And his name is Jesus. How many like to know this king? 153 came to know the Lord that night. 153. And afterwards, there was a scientist that came down the path there and kept on saying, Lored, Lored, and we don't know Spanish, and called him over and said, what are you saying, Lored? He said, Lored, Spanish for the net. He said, we have fished these waters for years. But tonight, you showed us how to cast the net on the other side of the boat. And 153 big fish came to know the Lord. And, and, and Jerry, this was a business meeting of political leaders that you came down to just talk about values to, and, and then this is what ensued, correct? Exactly. Exactly. See, what happened in Colombia, John, in 1993, the president mandated if you had more than 50 employees he asked if you would bring two hours of values to the work spot every week. And that well, values that, and that training was based on the work that you'd already been doing there that had, that had come to his well, attention. Yeah. That two hours was, was Lorette. I mean, it was like, it was a, it was like God opened up a door through this president for Lorette to go accelerate throughout Columbia. And so when we went back to our room, John, which is very interesting, we looked up in John, we thought 153, we thought we were praising God for 153 coming to know the Lord that night. And we got to, I think it's in John 20 or 21, I should know this, where Jesus is coming back and he says to the disciples after they fished all night, hey boys, did you catch any fish last night? No, I didn't catch any. He said, cast your net on the other side of the boat. And the Bible says that the, the disciples pulled up 153 big fish. Oh my Same goodness. number. That just gave me the chills. That dude. night we went. That night we went to our knees and and we changed our name from the International Network for Christians of Business to Lored. You know, people ask us, "Hey, since you have a Latin name, well, are you going to change the name here in the United States?" No, <laughs> no. When God gave us the name, we took it, and that's it. It's called Lored. Yeah. So from there, oh, just I mean, it's like, John, I, we we I gotta say. We never planned the things that, that was about to happen. Planning of countries opening. And I think Bernie told me the other day we're in 90 or maybe 100 countries today. 
this ministry has, uh, our founder died in three years ago now, and it's, it's grown leaps and bounds. I mean, there's not very, there's very few ministries that legacies continue after a death of the founder. And, and especially when it just multiplies itself. I mean, that's, that's God. But that, that night we, we made a decision to help other nations and we knew we were on the right track. And I, and I think that's, that's what I, John, if you, if you say, Hey, tell me one thing that just really speaks to you, Jerry, about your walk with, with God. And I got to say, when I'm doing the right things, the right things happen. And I don't have to create them. I just show up. You know, people want to give our, our organization a lot of credit. You know, people want to pat me on the back and all that. Hey, I got to tell you, we can't, you can't, it, it we just show up. It, 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 I think when you tie into what God's doing on the earth, then all you have to do is show up. You don't have to make big plans. And I mean, it, it, planning's good. Don't take me wrong. I'm not, you know, the Bible tells us to plan, but we haven't created all this because of planning and because we're so smart. No, 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 no. I think we tied into what God's doing in the earth and then God is able to use that and this explode it. And all of a sudden you just show up and, and it happens. And then what? of course we have a, you know, we, I want to just give God the glory for it because, you know, he can shut that off as easily as it, what he turned it on. But you know, Jerry, there's so many people, myself included, you know, maybe they're listening and they're thinking, okay, you're talking about, you know, show up where God is. And in, in, now look, you're in a hundred countries. What, what would you say to somebody who's listening to this, who just has a heart to, you know, to be doing more, you know, just, you know, the, the people around them in their company and the, their, the city that they're in and this world that we live in, what, what are those first couple steps that, that set you on this path to where you're at now? Well, I think for, for us, John, it was um, starting with ourselves. Um, we were doing what we call roundtables ourselves. So we were growing ourselves. And we weren't out trying to change somebody else or change the world. We were changing ourselves first. And, and I still come back to that place. I mean, uh, there's times in my life it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm so far off track. What's going on? I'm back in that round table, and, I'm, and I, over the last some time, I'm realizing that I need to be around and involved in small groups continually. I got to do that. Um, I think what I recognized in the earlier years is that um, if I have an opportunity doors open, then I take it. And then I, and I'm expecting God to be there. And I'm expecting of, by showing up, I come prepared, but by showing up and coming prepared, God just opens those doors huge. I, I think of Columbia, John. I, I think of right after that, 1993, um, after the president mandated 50, if you had more than 50 employees, you had to bring two hours of values to the workplace that 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 stretched us i mean we we would get in these little tiny cars and drive from city to city to city and that was in some dangerous times in columbia you know the un was saying it was one in the top 10 most dangerous places to go in the you know, in the world and and um and and yet i felt so comfortable i remember john schrock saying hey i'd rather be where god is than to be in a safe country where god's not you, you got to be where god is and we we would just we, we would look for opportunities that we felt was coming from God and we would do it. It, it was, it was, it was shortly after that. We got a call from the government 
and they said, hey, would you, would you train 11,500 of our employees? That was such an exception. I mean, you think we're going to go from companies now, or employees now, to government. And uh, we were praising God, and they said, oh, but there's only one thing. You, you have to take the Bible verses off of your material. We like what you're doing. We like the change, what's happening with the employees of these companies. But if we allow the Bible verse on, every church in our country will be beating on our door or wanting their stuff. And so that took a lot of prayer. I, I remember we, we loaded up, flew down to uh, John Maxwell's office in Atlanta and met with his team. And, I, you know, Bible says wisdom comes from many counselors. And so I was, you know, was really searching. God, I felt so bad. I'm taking his 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 uh, Proverbs 24 10 off, and and I and I got there, and they assured me that hey, the, the truth is not in Proverbs 24 10. The truth is in in the words that God has given us. That happens to be in 24 10. You can take the Bible first off. That that's not a problem. And so we went from a was, what was we that, was a, that a big a, revelation to you, Jerry? Oh, yeah. That was a hard move for me because our founder had just retired maybe six months before, and he had turned it over to me. So I, I'm, I'm now you know, taking it over, and it's like, oh, my, well, the first decision is, is to take out the Bible verses, which they've been on there for all these years, and, and it, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have God's blessings on this, but we need to stand firm. And I, I was going all through all these emotions. But after talking to John Maxwell's group, and I understood what John Maxwell's about. I mean, here's a pastor that really was, was reaching the world through the business community without Bible verses. And yet it was all Bible. I mean, if you read John's books, they're all, they're all Bible. And so, but he, says, he just doesn't put the Bible verse in. And I thought, oh my, we, we could really open up some doors here. So we did. We, 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 we went stealth, what we call stealth. And, and John is an Air Force pilot. You know what that word is. We went stealth. Um, the government didn't know what was in there. I mean, they knew it was working, but they didn't know that that came from Proverbs. And we watched lives being changed. The first project for the Columbia government was uh, 143 prisons where they housed 75,000 prisoners. But we didn't talk to prisoners. The, the government realized there was so much corruption going on with the, with the, with the guards that they asked that we would, we would train from the top down. And we went. We went from the top down. We met with a general who was in charge of all the prisons, and he made it mandatory for every guard, 11,500 weekly, to go through roundtables. And he went through roundtables. And it was a great change in those prisons. I mean, transformation stirred up. The prisoners watched a, a, a change or transformation in the guards over six months. And all of a sudden, they started saying, I want to be like the guard. Salvations, I mean, I've heard a story of 10... 10,000 or more salvations came not from someone giving them the, the gospel, but from them watching someone's life change so radical of the way they were treated and the way they were doing their own lives. I'm speaking of the guards, that they wanted it. They were buying these little pieces of paper of these values for 10 cents and getting them sent to their homes so their kids wouldn't end up in prison. It was an amazing story. There was a, there was a video done on that. It's on the Lored website. Uh, Lored.org uh, on the prison story in Columbia. That video is a documentary. That that video ended up in the Palace of Guatemala. And I got to recall, John, that, uh, and again, it's one of those times of showing up. You said, you asked me about showing up. 
Yeah. I get a call from, I'm in my home and they said, Hey, uh, we watched this video from Colombia and we have, we have some attorneys here in, in Guatemala that, um, on the, on the, the, I am, uh, she was in charge of all the defense attorneys. She said, the director, she said, would this work for them? Uh-huh. I mean, you're, you're talking prison guards, but I've got attorneys and, and they're taking money. And I mean, it's, it's really ugly here. And so we, I went to meet with her and, and after meeting, I said, yeah, yeah, this, it's the same. So we brought our Columbia team, the three Colombians that have been training in the prisons, brought them in, in uh, Guatemala in the palace and started working with attorneys, uh, 400 attorneys. Four months later, I received a call from the director, said, you have to come. And I went back, and, and what it was was a, a celebration. She brought in 40 of these 400 and one by one, they stood up and said how their life was changed, how they they had new wives. I remember the first guy, he must have been in his 60s, and I could, he's tried to do it in English. So I couldn't understand him correctly, but this is what he said. He said, he said, he said, my neighbor has a new neighbor. He said, my wife has a new spouse, and my children have a new papa. I'm thinking, and at first when I heard this, I thought, oh, no, the, the guy's... The, the poor guy, he's lost his wife, he's lost his... <laughs> no, no, what he was saying is he changed so much that they have a new papa, they have a new husband, they have a new uh, neighbor. And Jerry, this all and came from teaching me- them the the values that really based primarily yeah. on Proverbs and just sowing that into their lives, getting that into their heart, changing their yep. how they're thinking, which led to a total transformation of not just their life, but the culture of Colombia and then Guatemala and, and, and then it just, it just, the momentum kept going. Yes. Well then, the, the, then as they're, this 400 are growing right about the same time. Now, this is all within a year or two. I, I received a phone call from, uh, I, the guy said, I'm Admiral Roman from the Columbia Navy. And I, you know, I'm about you, John, but I hadn't had a lot of calls from a, a Navy Admiral. And I'm, I'm, I'm playing off with him and thinking that somebody's making this up. And anyway, he, he no, no, this is kind of a Roman. He said, I, I, my president has asked me out of retirement. President in Colombia has asked me out of retirement. President uh, Ribe at that time asked me out of retirement to change the military, to bring a new respect to the military. And John, if you understand the Colombian military, what happened in the 30s and 40s, they would, these militaries would go through the villages of Colombia and they would take anything they wanted. They would take the goods, they would take their wives, their daughters, you know, it was ugly. And so there was a, there was a wall built between the citizens and the militaries. There's no respect. Matter of fact, if you ever have heard of the guerrillas in Colombia, that's what that is. The guerrillas was just, they were a protection group of their, uh, from the military. So, when the president asked the admiral to bring a new military with respect, he, he heard about what was happening in the prisons, and he said, Jerry, he said, I, I was at the prisons this morning, and what I saw with my own eyes is what we need in the military. Would you come and meet? And so I made myself available for next Tuesday. Next Tuesday I went. They had 650 military, um, top military, generals and admirals, and 650 in a room. And they said, take whatever time you want. We want to know how this works and what would we do if we took it. And our president of Lored, Columbia, and myself made a presentation, and you could feel God's anointing there. It had nothing to do with us. It was all about God. Um, there was an Air Force general 
after we were completed, came up front and he said, and I thought he's going to, oh, he's going to turn this around because I could feel God's spirit in there. This is, it's, if we were taking a boat right now, they'd be all signing up, but this guy's going to ruin it. And so he starts to talk and he said, you know, what these men have said is true. He said, I, some time ago, he said about a year ago, he said a couple businessmen in Cali, Colombia, invited me to what they call the round table. I, I thought it was a Bible study. I, I chose not to go. He said, uh, another guy called me the following week and said, no, no, it's not a Bible study. You need to come. So he said, I thought, well, I'll just pacify them and go one time. But he said, they, they talked about a, a value there called attitude. And he said, I learned that day that attitude is so important, not only to my Air Force base, but more importantly to my, my grandchildren. He said, you see, I, I don't have any grandchildren right now, but I know the environment that I create at my home with my attitude is what my sons and daughters is going to create at their home with their children, which is my grandchildren. So if I got to create the right environment to help my children see the way to raise a family, the way to have God's blessings. He said, I went back and the second meeting, the third meeting, and soon I asked if I could take it to, to others, and I took it to my top right-hand people, and, and a few weeks later, they said, let's take it to everybody in the base. He said, let me give you the facts. I reduced my disciplinary actions with my cadets to 81%, and with my soldiers by 91%. Totally changed my Air Force base. Everybody in this, everybody in this auditorium is just clapping and and so after that meeting, the Admiral said, can you come back next Tuesday? There's another meeting. Yeah, I'll come back. Next Tuesday, I came back, and sure enough, he's got 400 plus there. Same presentation, same general shows up. Everybody's clapping. After, the, after that meeting, he said, can you come back next Tuesday? I, uh, yeah, yeah, I come back. I come back, and they had another 600 there. After that meeting, I... We were walking down the courier with the general of the Army, Admiral of the Navy, myself, and, and uh, Jesus, the president of Loret, Colombia. And I, I asked, I said, General, I, I, I have to ask, Admiral, I have to ask, uh, who's going to take this? I mean, it's been three weeks. We talked to a lot of people. Who, and the Admiral looks at me kind of weird, and, and he stops from walking. He said, it is done. I said, it is done? He said, yes, President Rebe has ordered all 400,000. We start next week. Oh my gosh! Hey, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I'm just picturing you be just being part of this and just, just envisioning just being part of you know this incredible momentum and velocity that God is just flowing in your life. And you know, as we wrap up here, and Jerry, I, I know there's people listening say, you know, I. I want to get started on something like this. And I know you've created some incredible materials because I've, I've gone through them uh, myself and with my family. And where do people find and and start their own, either their own roundtables, either the biblical-based one or ones to bring into their company that don't have the scriptures in them? You know, How, how do people get in touch with what you're doing and, and just sure. start this whole process right there in their, their own home, their own business, their own group of, you know, their own center of influence? And uh, with the first um, first one, with the Bible verses, uh, is called Lared, L-A-R-E-D.org, www.lared.org. And there you can, there's 40 values. You do one value a week. 
is some explanations of how to how to do a roundtable. This is not something you teach. It's not something you come prepared for. You're a teacher. You teach. That. No, 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 no. A roundtable is a roundtable, which means that everybody is equal. No one's teaching. Uh, I'll read a paragraph. You read a paragraph, and we'll go around, and we'll talk about that paragraph, and we'll underline about that paragraph. And then there's a series of questions, and, and so... I would suggest really reading on how to do a roundtable. And then we have trainings in Ohio for Lored. I think it's one or two days, and it's rather inexpensive. Maybe uh, your 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 expenses and maybe $150 or something, don't quote me, but it's, it's inexpensive to come in to get trained if you care for that. The second one is Global Priority. GlobalPriority.info or .org, I think, will work. But, and, and I'll put the uh, links to priority. all these in our in our post about this show, so everybody can just go perfect, to eternalleadership.com and find Jerry's episode, and all this will be there for you. Then uh, Global Priority is the one without the Bible verses, and that's one we're taking into companies, taking into governments. And, John, one thing we didn't talk about, and, and I need to sow this seed into the U.S., as recently as three and a half years ago, we developed a project for junior high schools for public education. And over the last three and a half years in Northeast Ohio, we're, we are now in um, four, I believe it's four or five counties in every one of their junior highs, public schools. I'm working with the state right now, uh, the uh, State Board of Education, to try to get this into every school in Ohio to bring values back into the classroom. We take like a history class one period a week for one semester. And we're seeing uh, bulliness reduce. We're seeing grades go up. We're, we're seeing a new classroom. We're seeing transformation happen. And it's, it's not a religious time. These are values that um, attitude, hard work, dependability, you know, things that make life work. And so you can check out antivirus. I think it's called antivirusyouth.info. And you can get that website from uh, John also. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, Jerry, we're, we're, we're talking with Scott Pipes, who you know, about bringing antivirus here into the schools in Colorado. What I think we should do is circle back together and do a whole show just on uh, your initiatives in the schools and antivirus and just really help get the word out there because uh, the evidence is irrefutable how powerful this, this is with, our, with this next generation, which we're in danger of losing, in my opinion, unless we as a culture and men and women rise up and do something. Sure, that would be wonderful. And I'd like to leave the leave you and your the listeners with this. Colombia was in the top 10 worst places to go 20 years ago. And today, according to Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, Colombia now is in the top 10 best places to go in the world. What happened? They didn't become religious. They, 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 they get, it was driven by values, and now they're getting close to God. If you'd like more information about Lored, Global Priority, Antivirus, or anything that John and Jerry talked about, be sure to go to eternalleadership.com and look for episode 17. We'll also have links embedded in the description of this MP3. Thank you to everyone that's reviewed us on iTunes and shared us on social media. Those reviews and downloads on iTunes are huge for our rankings in our categories. So if you haven't, please consider going to iTunes and giving us an honest review. 
And as those old Bartles and James commercials would say, thank you for your support. Next time on Eternal Leadership, Executive Coach Stephen McGee joins John in the Coach's Corner. It's just like we wake up, we go through the motions, and it's that feeling of I've got to keep this whole thing going. I'm, I'm spinning plates here, man. Like, how am I going to keep this going? And I think a person has to be willing to trust that if I want to make a big change, that there's going to be some plates that might even hit the floor. And you know what? That's okay, because those aren't plates I want to keep spinning anyway. They're not plates that I want to keep, you know, in the air. As always on Coach's Corner, John and his guest answer two of your questions, so be sure to tune back in. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership. Mm-hmm.